Hi, thanks for tuning in to Smoking Issues. We are lighting up again. Back after a long hiatus, we'll be talking about where we've been and why we do this and what's to come while smoking a Monte Cristo cigar. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast where nerdy guys smoke cigars and talk about smoking issues in the church. Thanks for joining us again after a long hiatus. Man, it's been a while. If you have any questions or want to discuss, uh, comment on what we discuss, you can contact us via Facebook Messenger. You can email us at smokingissues at gmail.com. Or you can go to our new website at smokingissues.com where you can find more information about the topics we'll be discussing now as well as in the future. And for those of you who are new to the podcast or don't know, my name is Josh. And I'm Ian. Ian, we are back, amigo. Mm. It's been a while. It, it has indeed been a while. It's actually not been that long since I last, uh, since I last saw you, but uh, we haven't sat down to have a conversation that other people deserve to hear in a, <laughs> uh, in a surprisingly long time. So you're saying all the conversations we've had in the past year or six months or eight months, however long it's been, has been worthless? Is that what you're saying? No, not saying anything worthless, just not for public consumption. That's true. Not. <laughs> Do you need a license for that? Because I think we need to reapply. <laughs> Conversations you can have in public. <laughs> can you imagine if there was a license for that? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Wouldn't the world be a better place? <laughs> I, I know we know someone who'd like you to have a license to talk freely in public, but we're not going to talk about him. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Right. He shall not be named. Exactly. That's great. That's good. Man, it has been a while, but we thought... Um, before we dove into topics, which we've got many coming up over the next couple of weeks, uh, thought that it would be good to just do a little quick podcast to kind of reintroduce what we what we're doing, why we do it, why we're here. Um, it's a uh, because it's been a while, man. It really has. Uh, Ian, what have uh, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Well, um, you know, you, it, those of you who don't know me, I uh, I have an English accent. But oh, I really? do. Uh, really? I know. Even, even at this point, I still have the English accent. That's isn't shocking. It? Isn't it wonderful? Shocking. Um, it's the true source of my power. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, I, uh, over, over the past year or so, have, have uh, grown in my relationship with a small Anglican church called Redeemer Annapolis. And uh, over the summer, I transitioned some most of my ministry um, to them, and I've been leading worship with them and preaching uh, regularly. And in fact, uh, towards the end of summer, I entered into uh, what we call postulancy. Postulancy what for holy is orders. Postulancy? postulancy for holy orders means you're you're putting yourself forward for discernment uh, for ordination. So I began that process. That's awesome. Uh, a few weeks ago. That's fantastic, man. That's great. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's also horrifying, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> can we talk about that in this podcast? No, sure, why not? Okay, let's uh, do it. No? Uh, it might have to, maybe a down-the-line podcast. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, maybe if we can touch on it in a few minutes, we can give people a little teaser. Sure. I'd be curious about that. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. That's awesome. 
So um, for me, I've been a, so last podcast we did, I think I had just, we talked about the prospectus, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that ever made it on iTunes, but all of two people probably watched it on YouTube. Yes. But uh, so, so in the fall, in, in the spring, uh, my wife and I felt like God was calling us to plant a church. And so that's been uh, in Clarksville, Tennessee, and the Monkees have a song called The Last Train to Clarksville. So if you've ever heard that song or like classic rock, that's a, a famous song connected with Clarksville. So we've been in the process of preparing. We've been building a core team, see God do amazing things, raising support, all that fun jazz. Mm-hmm. So lots of trips back and forth to Annapolis to connect with our old support base. And uh, it was a little bit closer than... Uh, it's a little bit closer than flying to to England, Ian, but it actually is longer for us to get to Maryland than it is for you to get to England. But I drive 10 hours. Yeah, and I fly for about seven. So I probably would get to England before you would drive a couple states over. That's kind of interesting. Is that kind of interesting? It's 704 miles. And uh, what I've done is I've, I've found the, the middle distance. And most cars have like a 350 gallon 350 mile limit uh-huh on on their drive radius so i can typically if i get a full tank of gas and i drive appropriately i can get to the middle and i can only do it in one stop although i've only done that once when i've been alone i do it once i have to pee so bad i know i know that's uh five hours of straight driving yeah five hours of driving i take a break take a pee break get some gas, get some food, and then I limit my water intake for the second second half of the trip in case I run into trouble. Because you broke the seal at that point. What was that? Because you broke the seal at that point. I've broken the seal, yes. Yeah, I've broken the seal at that point. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Uh, well, welcome back to, uh, to Maryland. It's good to have you with us. Yeah, it's good. We're, uh, we're recording live face-to-face for a few episodes, uh, so that's been good. It's good to see your face, Ian. Mm. <laughs> oh, <the-> likewise. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a jerk. I know. You're such a jerk. <laughs> I was going to make a comment about the Shekinah glory, but I do text you when I come back into town and I say, "Has the light shines a little brighter in Maryland when I cross over the border. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the glory enters back into the yeah, state. The glory of the red beard enters. <sighs> Absolutely. Enters Maryland. It leaves Tennessee. The glory, the glory has left Tennessee and enters Maryland. Um, so what else do we have to talk about, Ian? Well, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, I mean, aside from uh, where, where I've been and what I've doing and what you've been and what you've been doing, um, well, I think it's uh, time we perhaps uh, address the, the smoking issue of today. Which is what? It's apparently not your line anymore. It's now my line. Uh <laughs> Well, we are talking about lighting up again, and uh, we use the term lighting up again because uh, it has been a while since we've done the podcast, uh-huh. and uh, I felt like maybe we should kind of keep our listeners, all five of them, uh, up to date on what we've been doing, where we've been, but also, too, just a little reminder about like why we do this the way that we do it. And so, Ian, um, I thought that maybe we could talk a little bit about like what's the, what's the genesis of smoking issues? And uh, kind of where did that come from? Uh, the genesis of the smoking issues uh, was, 
I mean, back when you lived in Maryland, you know, we had a, uh, you know, a wonderful, a wonderful friendship uh, that we both missed uh, when you left town. Exactly. Um, oh, well, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> the days when you left town. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> um, this is shit on Josh podcast. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't think you can. I think now we have to mark this podcast as ex, as explicit. Are Thanks, you serious? Josh. Thanks, Josh. Can you bleep me out? No. Oh, dang it. Um, and uh, we missed having conversations and uh, indeed I think it was some friends of ours who'd uh, hung out with us said that you know we should record our conversations and put them out there for people to listen to and if you remember correctly um, it actually started when we lived in an apartment in Eastport and you moved to the city and we started to become friends because at first I hated your guts I thought you were an absolute jerk me? yes an absolute jerk I know it's shocking I can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening could, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we used to, I, I had a little back porch, we had a little fire pit outside of our apartment, and you and I used to bring cigars or pipes and sit around the fire pit and disagree, mm-hmm. and uh, people used to hang out after our community group to listen to us talk about things things yeah mm-hmm. and our different opinions on things so they'd ask a question and and you and i would go back and forth and and people thought it was entertaining and mm-hmm. so we've been kind of throwing around the idea of smoking issues uh for a couple of years now and uh at a kind of low creative point when i moved to tennessee i was kind of looking for an outlet and we started kind of talking through what it might look like and we threw around some names before we came to it but smoking issues is just in my mind it's the perfect name for a podcast perfect name for a a, a website i think mm-hmm. it's just awesome mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a it, it's a great it's a great name and i think good to have a uh i think we had a, maybe i've got a couple guests over the years and, yeah um, we gotta get lee sand back on have some good conversations it's been it's been wonderful yeah it's been great well and i think too it's kind of important uh should we do a smoke break now um yeah let's do a smoke break now sure let's do a smoke break now yeah <laughs> That's great. So we are smoking a uh, Monte Cristo Churchill. So this thing is seven inches long, 50 ring size. I'm waiting, Ian. There's dead air. There's dead air. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I've, I uh, got, first got to know Monte Cristos back in the UK where uh, all Monte Cristos are, in fact, Cubans. Do you know this? Mm-hmm. In the UK, the Monte Cristos you can find in most tobacconists are going to be Cubans. Oh, all Monte Cristos in the UK. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, in the UK. I thought you meant like in yeah. general. Are going to be uh, are going to be Cubans, and uh, so, so, so coming over here and finding them, uh, I was you know first of all like ah surprised by the slight difference in flavour, uh, but actually they remain to be fantastically well made cigars. They're delicious. Wonderful. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Smooth Absolutely draw. Wonderful. Oh yeah. All, all, always always smooth. You know, this isn't. This is like a. You, I I feel like I'm wearing a smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, One, exactly. Of, of the finest crushed velvet. <laughs> when I'm smoking a, a Monte Cristo, there's something <sighs> European and sophisticated about them. I think it's great. It's awesome. Well, this one um, you can find in almost any single cigar shop. It's a it's a yellow box on the outside, yellow box on the inside. These are Churchills. They're a lot longer. Um, than what we typically were to smoke, but uh, they burn pretty quick. 
They're pretty mild, mm-hmm. and they've got a Colombian wrapper on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it's a lighter wrapper. It's a lighter smoke, and and it's it's mild to medium bodied. Ian, what do you, what do you think about it? Well, I think that uh, that mild to medium body is why it smokes so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you know you're you're not putting it down as often. Um, it's it's more it's a more it's a more engaging smoke. Um, sometimes we've smoked some things that are really are a trial to get through. Oh yeah. You know, you're like, this is not, I just don't feel like it. But uh, the, the Monte Cristo uh, will, keep your, uh, will keep your lips occupied for a good, <laughs> good hour and a half. <laughs> That's a workout right there, Ian. <laughs> See, um, I'm planting a church in the south, man. I got to be careful. There's so many things I want to say right now. Uh-huh. But, um, um, pr- prudence is probably better. Yeah, it is. What, what, it what, is. Are, what are you tasting? What are you smelling? What are you? Um, what are you sensing? Well, um, I am uh, unfortunately not the most. Um, I haven't got the most sophisticated cigar palate, um, so I'm. I'm finding it to be, um, as you said, uh, light and easy to smoke. Um, maybe, maybe a little. Um, a little sweet, a little uh, flowery, flowery. How would you say that? Yeah, I think there. What's, can the, be what's the most sophisticated way of saying that? Um, floral notes. Floral notes. Thanks. There you go. Gotcha, bud. That's great. That's great. That's uh, but uh, talk me through um, uh, what the what the difference between the, the the wrapper and the and the filling is. Well, the wrapper determines most of the taste. Okay. So um, the filler within the cigar is the tobacco um, pretty much on the inside, outside of the outside, um, on the inside of the wrapper, mm-hmm. and that's called filler. They cut the tobacco in long strips and then roll it together. And, uh, you know, for when I, when I first started smoking, I thought, well, that's where most of the flavor is. It's mm-hmm. on the inside of the cigar. It's what the smoke goes past before it gets to your mouth. But actually, the most of the flavor is in the wrapper, which mm-hmm. is that the exposed part on the outside. So that's why when you have a dark wrapper, it's typically stronger because it's been aged differently and it's a different type of tobacco that holds everything together. Um, so there's a, uh, so then actually when you light it, you don't, don't want to, you want to focus on lighting the outside rim because that's what burns. So that's what generates most of the flavor. And that's what generates most of the burning. Hmm. So a lot of people try to light ash. Like if their cigar goes out, they're going to light the end of the ash. You don't want to do that. When your cigar goes out, you knock all the ash off as much as you can. And you relight the, relight the edge. Yeah, you relight it in a circle all the way around. And that's huh. why burning evenly is so crucial to enjoying your smoke. Because if one side burns um, closer to your mouth than the other, you're going to get weird sensations and tastes. That actually answers a lot of questions for me, actually. That's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Um, but this cigar specifically, this Churchill is is not... It's, it's, it's a very simple cigar. Like, this is the cigar that you keep. It's good. It's, it's got a wonderful draw. It's very easy draw. Yeah, it's Even, accessible, too. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you, you, uh, you can give this to a guest or a friend, and they're probably going to be fine with it. Exactly. I keep a couple of these in my humidor at all times. Just exactly for that when somebody comes over. So, but it's not complex. It's very simple tobacco mm-hmm. flavor. There's not a lot of spice to it. Yeah. There's not a lot of pepper to it. Um, and and there's just a little. There's a little something on the back end too. But I mean, like like any of these longer cigars, I always find um, uh, there becomes a certain a certain difficulty uh, uh, during the last third 
that I mean, you can begin to feel a little nauseous and just like, just like a little heavy in the stomach. It's like this is, I mean, it's that much that much just nicotine smoke for me. Like, I I just kind of kind of start to lose it. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's it when you smoke down a cigar, as you smoke, and that exterior edge burns. The cigar goes through different phases. Right. So, so, that, so why, why is it so heavy at the bottom? Because the smoke is closer to your mouth. It has less time to distill as it travels through the cigar. That makes sense. Um, but that's not always the case. Because sometimes, depending how the packing is wrapped, how the filler is wrapped, um, you can actually get a sweeter smoke at the end. So if it's packed really loosely mm-hmm. um, or really tightly, that will determine the the smoke and it actually you know no cigar is is uniformly wrapped so you know you might have a tighter pack in the middle uh-huh. which would be more difficult to smoke uh-huh. but on the front end when it's longer and on the back end when it's shorter it's easier to smoke it's easier to draw you have a better flavor mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it all depends on how the the cigar is packed at the factory what their standards are of wrapping. And then also um, there's long fillers mm-hmm. and short fillers in cigars. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the tobacco is cut in long mm-hmm. strips and wrapped. Yep. And sometimes it's cut into shorter strips and wrapped. And uh, lower quality cigars are cut in shorter strips because those are typically the extra pieces mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the longer ones. And so well, they uh, fall we, apart Which, which, which will give a, a first it'll fall apart. It'll also be quite in, inconsistent, right? Yes. Because it's like you're moving from leaf to leaf to leaf. Each one, each one burning slightly differently. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you, it takes it takes more shorter leaves to fill a cigar than it would if you have longer, uh, a, what's called a long cut cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can even have really short cigars that are long cut cigars because mm-hmm. they'll wrap, they'll, they'll have these longer strips that they'll wrap and then they'll cut. And so even with the shorter cigars, they can still be technically a long fill cigar, not a short ah, fill. That's for the comes it's, okay. it's for the It's for the quality not necessarily the quantity of mm-hmm. cigar, mm-hmm. which is another point of confusion that I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have. Well, uh, one of the things I, I, I enjoy about this, like, you know, apart from the, the heat that comes to you toward the end, I'm not getting that sort of nauseous bitterness that you sometimes get from uh, Robustos or, or other darker cigars. This is, it's quite, it's quite delicious, quite sweet. Yeah, it's good. Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you can, if you can face the, the heat toward the end, yeah. uh, it can be quite rewarding. My dad used to smoke cigars down literally to the nub where he almost burned his mustache a few times. He actually burned his mustache a few times because he would smoke a cigar that he liked all the way down to the nub. Amazing. Um, my, my, what inspiration. My wife's grandfather smoked really, really, really cheap cigars, like El Cheapo. They actually, they're called El Producto cigars. You can buy them gas, you used to be able to buy them at gas stations. But he would smoke them down, and then he'd put the cigar butt into his pipe and then smoke the rest of it. So he'd smoke the cigar down, turn it, put it in his pipe with the ash side up, light it, and then smoke the rest of it through the pipe. Hmm. That's an interesting decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's 92. He barely has any teeth left in his head. He is super ornery and grumpy all the time. But he's my favorite. Like, we go over to his house. It's about 1,000 degrees. I'm, like, fanning myself. I'm, like, falling out the window trying to, like, breathe. It's hot as all get out in his house, which he built with his own hands. He's in, he, in, in, in the 40s. He built this house with his own hands. Unbelievable. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, he has a little garage and an old worn down leather couch that sits out in the garage. And that's where he smokes cigars at 92 years old. And uh, so he's, uh, smoking cigars is, uh, is uh, one, uh, one, of those, one of those pleasures 
um, uh, particularly unique to America, because in, in England, um, uh, cigar smoking is considered uh, an extremely upper crust activity. And, really? and, and the cost is prohibitive because they're Cubans. Huh, really? Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't get a good smoke for five pounds. No way, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 which is really disappointing. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's such a delightful, such a delightful thing to do with friends. Um, but yeah, in in England, the uh, the whole mystique of cigar smoking is um, posh people in in dinner jackets, um, which which is you know also where I want to be in my life. But uh, <laughs> you want to be someone posh in a dinner jacket and slippers? Yes, exactly. You want to be Hugh Hefner, but a christian priest version of hugh hefner is that the deal uh i i think there's very little i would have a, an event diagram overlapping between me and hugh hefner <laughs> apart from maybe a smoking jacket <laughs> um, although i do would i would love to see you in a captain's hat though that'd be pretty funny uh so i really enjoy um uh, cigar smoking here in america um because of the the social env- environment it creates um you know very very different to a loud bar um, uh, a bit more, a bit more conversational. And uh, one of the great things about 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 smoking a cigar is that uh, when the conversation dries up, you've also something to kind of talk about or do. It's uh, it's a good kind of uh, it's a good activity. A little like pipe smoking in that respect. You yeah, something to fiddle with, fidget with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, I've found that the most significant conversations I've ever had with people have typically been around a, a shared activity that we're doing. Mm. So it's. You know, sitting eyeball to eyeball with someone without a cup of coffee, without a cigar, without a pipe, um, it can it can seem awkward at times. Mm-hmm. And so I find that there are certain things that you can do to um, foster conversation, foster dialogue, um, whether that be a drink, whether that be a cup of coffee, a cigar, a pipe, cigarette. There's just something around that that creates some sort of shared experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually feel like the Christians miss this a lot. And this is something that I want to reclaim partially with the church plant that we're doing is this idea that in a shared experience, there are people, um, in a shared experience, you have people get together and they're doing something. It's not just, Oh, we just get together and get really intense spiritual dialogue or conversation. But I think, I think that it eases the pressure off. And so creating spaces where people can have shared experiences without the pressure or the necessity of we just have to look eyeball to eyeball and talk the entire time. Well, um, and, and also in a, in a nonverbal area of communication, um, you know, like uh, having a shared activity, I think, gives you more of an opportunity to communicate yourself without having to find words. Yeah, absolutely. Think about gesture and tone and body language um uh, the the way of communicating through a shared activity can be very you can you can be intimate without even when you don't know what to say yeah yeah well um i had a mentor advise me as i was planning my wife and i's honeymoon uh was he said when you go away on the honeymoon um learn something together like learn something together so we um we learned scuba diving mm-hmm. and did that together And then another suggestion that he had was um, teach her a game or something that you guys can play. And so um, I taught my wife gin rummy cards. Nice. And uh, and backgammon. And so on our honeymoon, we were in Turks and Caicos, and I had brought a a backgammon game and some cards. And I just remember in the evenings, we would 
play cards and talk. And that was kind of part of the, the, after, you know, long day exploring islands or scuba diving or whatever, uh, we would, we would come back and there's just something shared there. Mm-hmm. It developed some, some deeper levels of intimacy, um, learning something together and doing something together like that. That was just really special. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, that's what we're, uh, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, is this not this is not a conversation about winning each other over to any side? Um, we're both adult human beings who have the right to our own opinions and our own thoughts, um, and uh, creating opportunities for vulnerability and intimacy mm. is is very important. It's very important to us. Um, we haven't got flags to wave, especially because neither of us are charismatics. <laughs> oh darn i gotta leave my tennis shoes and flags at home is that what you're saying i mean what you do <laughs> between you and the lord in the privacy of your own church josh <laughs> that's great that's awesome yeah i think too like um one of the things that i you know i, I listen to podcasts and other things like this. And a lot of times it seems like people in podcasts, not to be critical, um, but most podcasts out there are with people who are like-minded mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so they think the same, they talk the same, they have the same opinions. And, and you have people that talk for hours in a group where they all agree on the same stuff. There's not a lot of diversity there. Mm-hmm. And if there is, it's kind of a big deal, you know? And so for me, I think one of the benefits of smoking issues and what we're doing is we, we come to the church, we come to God, we come to the scriptures um, with, with core common beliefs, but very different approaches mm-hmm. to scripture, to God, to church, to polity, to all these different things, which, I mean, we both strongly believe and so what I've found is that I've grown a ton in understanding church history and understanding theology from you because mm-hmm. you've taught me, even if I don't agree with some of the perspectives that you have, I've learned to appreciate and empathize with the per- perspectives that you have more because of our communication. Well, I appreciate that. And, mm-hmm. I've, and I've learned a lot about cigars from you. <laughs> That's the only thing you've learned. <laughs> You're such a jerk. I know. I know. I'm like having a genuine, sincere moment, and you just totally poop on it. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Smoking Issues. My name's Ian Burgess. <laughs> you are terrible. I know. Well, I'm going to continue with my sincere approach, even if you're being a jerk about it. I genuinely have... Even though I don't agree with especially the the Episcopal model of church and structure, I have learned to see how more biblical it is. And this actually goes to something a little bit deeper, is this idea of when you communicate with someone, empathy forms. You empathize with their approach. Mm-hmm. You empathize with where they come from. You empathize with their background. You empathize with, with, mm-hmm. with how they think and communicate. And I think that um, in the absence of communication, there is no empathy. And without empathy, there is no understanding truly of another mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've appreciated about our conversations, despite the fact that you're pooping on me so much today, um, is that I have empathized, I've, as our communication has grown, I've empathized with some of your thoughts and perspectives, and I have grown to understand them more. And then I've also grown to like expand and ha- understand where you're coming from. So it's helped me. Uh, and it's been, it's been uh, w- uh, wonderful for me uh, also to, ha- to have the opportunity to talk 
about issues that I think um, many people just aren't aren't really prioritizing. Um, you know, there's there is a certain professionalism to the clergy and to church ministry where you kind of want to talk you want you want to talk shop with somebody who's compassionate. Yeah, and that's uh, a relief, really. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, uh, I think what we could, what we can model is a way in which um, we can trust that love um, actually uh, does um, transcend a lot of differences, uh, and that we can uh, find ourselves uh, to be brothers and sisters um, because of the love of God, and not because we all think alike. Um, that's good that's, because that's good if, right if, i mean i mean you know the 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 task of trying to get everyone to agree with you is a fool's errand as, as it is so you might as well yeah. just give it up from the, from the get-go yeah that's good and and maybe even seeing the wider chasm of what we believe and yet we're still able to remain friends and listen and mm-hmm. understand with compassion i think hopefully that will help other people too to say hey if somebody has a different perspective in your church or in your theological circles um it doesn't mean that they're a heretic and don't love Jesus. It means, but, I mean, but it might, it might. And it's more, <laughs> and it's more fun to say that <laughs> it really is. It's more fun to put that out there. It's way less fun to actually wrestle with, well, what do I actually believe and what do they believe? Mm-hmm. And like, maybe they're human too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you know I'm human too? Don't you know I'm human too? <laughs> um, well, uh, this has been uh, a great, a great uh, restoration of our conversation. And I had doubts about this particular episode title and, and outline, but I think we done we did some good work here. So. Yeah, I'm glad this is a good first one back. So, I know. I know. Uh, uh, any anything else to say before we conclude, Ian? Anything else on your mind? Uh, well, um, I think I think uh, we would like to thank again our loyal three listeners, <laughs> um, and uh, we look forward to. Um, hearing from you and dialoguing with you in the future and uh, we hope you have a great uh, have a great day yeah absolutely well thank you all for listening if you like what we're doing please send us a comment a text email and now we're doing spoke signals too uh, we want to hear your feedback and as always we'd like to thank our executive producer Nosmo King thank you Nosmo for all of his efforts in making this podcast possible see you all next time Something inside